0: Put on the carpet, it's a softer landing. It's got something in it. I don't know if he was drinking. It. You've got to be careful with them cans because they make a noise on the mic. Um, hello! <laughs> Welcome! I'm getting our priorities. Welcome to Film Splurge, The Return. Hello. <laughs> Are we calling it The Return? Is that a subtitle? I didn't was know been... we had subtitles. I know it's been a while, is not it? I thought we just numbered them. Okay. The Return of the King, which we won't it's be reviewing today. Plural. One. Is it Return of the Kings? Well, no. We are. I mean, there's more. We three kings. Yeah. Of Oriental. No, I thought you were talking about the Lord of the Rings one. We'll we review that Lord one too. day. We won't be. <laughs> today we'll be reviewing the Lord not of sorry, the Rings trilogy. No, just for last film. Keeping ourselves <laughs> relevant.
1: I thought well, it was good, but it wasn't as
0: good as the Two Towers. Two Towers is the crowning glory of the Lord of the Rings That's the apex I love none of that oh The Fellowship's the best movie it's not got Helm's Deep it's not the best movie
1: it's not got Ents tearing shit up exactly.
0: Ents and Helm's Deep mm-hmm. I know I love that bit 3's got uh, too much it's too much stuff happening
1: about nine different endings
0: yeah and you're like oh it's ended not quite. yet. let's go to fucking Mordor and see what's going on. <laughs> just have a <laughs> Not big war fucking Mordor again. They removed the scouring of the Shire, which I do respect because that would have been like. And then there's another ending. Oh, All right. right. We got back to the Shire, and then they thought, well, just know. nobody like is the real uh, the severed heads of hobbits on sticks. You're it like, is oh, the, uh, uh, the real the real, the, uh, the real soul of the uh, the real soul of the Tolkienist journey. It's world building. And The first film did have Samwise in that field where he's like one more step and it's a furthest you've ever been and then he takes another step and goes, one more step and it's a furthest it's like that the whole way yeah. on. Like, yeah. shut up Sam <laughs> I'm glad they cut that out of the film Fellowship too. has the most heart and Two Towers <laughs> ups the spectacle Fellowship's got the most heart I think but here's the link Gilda Toro didn't direct that film neither no. did he direct The, the Hobbit, Hobbit. Hey. but what he did direct was The Shape of Water the Academy Award winning film of yesteryear. What a smooth Yesteryear. Effect. 2018. Yeah, it won Best Picture. Or was it Best Director? I think best, it best, best Picture. Was it Best Picture? I, I think saw, so, yeah. yeah it was well, the best of something. I didn't see all the films last, last year, but I would say greatly deserved because I think. I'm not going to spoil the review here by saying I enjoyed it. I greatly enjoyed this film. We've ruined the rain. Yeah. What, what did you think? Nothing else what did, you, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it, but not as much as some people. Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna but more than stick others. Stick in so. the works. Uh, I guess people that didn't see it, I don't think they enjoyed it.
1: I really enjoyed it as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Although maybe I should pretend to hate it just so there's balance. Yeah. yeah balance. I'll be the middle
0: ground. I will seek <laughs> compromise from both sides. And in the so, middle, uh, we find justice. So first of all, shape of water. Um, I suppose, a bit of synopsis. It doesn't actually have a shape, which I think is quite clever. It it's a liquid which has no inherent shape. I think this may have been intentional in the naming of the movie. i going to throw that out there. Um, because... <laughs> and
1: it seems to come from that poem at the end, but then there doesn't seem to be any it's kind of reference the for the poem. Yeah, you may have just made that poem up.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah. You look at it and go, "That's a poem. That must have been somebody very, very important." So, I quote, for the uh, for the listeners as well, we better um, set up the general general sort of gist and conceit of the uh, of the film. The gist and the conceit. I don't know <laughs> if I can do both. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> i can give you the gist. The so, what was it? it's it's nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, Cold War America. Yeah, it's set in Baltimore, I believe specifically. It's about a woman who is a hearing mute who's yeah, mute <laughs> uh, no, mute. She, can, she
1: can hear she can yeah, hear but she, can she can hear. can't
0: talk Yeah, and yeah. she's found as a baby with marks on her neck mm. mysterious thing. I read the Wikipedia plots did you? that's well, why so, it doesn't sound quite like <laughs> <in the film. laughs> she's found as an infant yeah, with marks upon her neck uh, and she works at a secret government facility underground somewhere. Mm. It's American Cold War, yeah. big science, spooky project thing. Uh, she works there as a janitor with her friend, played by Octavia Butler, who translates for her in all of her interactions. Whose character's name is Delilah? De- is that true? That's true.
1: Because it's a biblical reference.
0: Yeah, big thing gets made about, but we'll get onto that. <laughs> We'll get on to the biblical stuff. We'll get to the things that <laughs> yeah. happened, then the Bible. Yeah, but they're, they're uh, working in this underground. Say, sort of she's a cleaner. Uh, she lives above a cinema uh, in an apartment. And her the person in the apartment nearby is a... He neighbour, Giles. neighbour, Giles. Oh, I
1: forgot what his name was. Yeah. Giles, who uh, so is just a
0: good... Close ours. close companion and they get on with each other. They get on with and each other. He works other. in advertising and paint He paints. does like Norman Rockwell-esque advertising pictures. Uh he's also gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoa. But not openly gay because it's the past where you're not allowed mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Uh she works at the facility we'll get on this later uh, <laughs> <laughs> just leave that as a random aside uh, <laughs> it's yeah. very important to the theme. yeah if, if it wasn't relevant it would have been just a very strange thing <laughs> <laughs> just want to get it out there just want to just doesn't come up later he's, but I just thought you uh, should uh,
1: <laughs> positive like game no yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, double oh doors game <laughs> I just thought <laughs> I Uh they work at the facility uh, they bring in as one of their projects they've Michael Shannon's character, who's like the head of the facility or this particular project, they've captured a fishman who is the titular shape of water. It's fishman-shaped. Uh, they bring him in. they've caught him in the Amazonian jungle. they keep him in the facility. Her and the fishman form a bond. They eventually break him out. She keeps him at home, and then, in the end, they manage to get him into the canal.
1: <laughs> and, and then, freedom.
0: and then he swims out to sea, and oh, I so assume bad. makes friends with. No, that was um, that was Free Willy, Alex. <laughs> go, go! It's like <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons. Go! I don't want you anymore. <laughs> uh, and Michael Shannon's hunting them down, yeah. and then they get away just in time. The end. But the uh, general thing there is, you got this. You know, it's the cold walk and sea. It's got the period feel. So your spies. Going off of things like Pan's Labyrinth, I thought it was slightly less of a magical realist thing. It was more it felt more grounded, like it was people going about their yeah. going about their jobs into this facility, which was very interesting looking up the sort of felt very influenced by uh, video games actually. It looked very Bioshock. Oh yeah, then, yeah. Um, Toro is very into his games and he was he's doing that thing with Hideo Kojima, is not he, with the baby? Death Stranding. Yeah, but that's We're all very excited. That's its own kettle of fish. Um <laughs> <but laughs> like doesn't explain <laughs> but yeah, what it's got the, 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 the facility does outside of preserving fishmen. Well, that is something that's no, kept ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, well, did they build this facility just in case yeah. they found a fishman? It's a backdrop, it's all drift really? in and out, but it's not quite it's not the same as Pan's Lab with having that quite strong supernatural element. Mm. You've obviously got the um the Amazonian fish god in there. But you, <laughs> It's only gone to yeah, them, These but they seem to, to just, they seem just to just—they seem just and people don't seem quite as freaked out by the by it as you'd know, which makes you yeah. wonder what's in the other chambers. But I think it's trying—I think it's also trying to make it less of it because I think the part of the part of this film what's trying to do is go you know, the creature from the deep lagoon and all of that, and trying mm. to take Guillermo you know, takes the side of the monster, which is interesting, and he sympathizes, sympathizes with what the monster what the monster thinks, and tries to. Try to get their point of view, and so they're not really the monster. The monster is society. Fact, um, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. so, Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon specifically, because he he's is. quite he's quite scary, isn't he? I like him. He's um, he's good. Could um, have been scary in films.
1: Yeah, I I read in one of the reviews. I read they thought he was like too villainous he becomes a kind of a caricature, mm. but I think some people are, mm. actually are that villainous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some people just are absolute bastards. Yes. Yeah, especially in like the CIA in the nineteen yeah. so yeah. mean, sixties. There was, you know, some dodgy, dodgy stuff going on. I mean, he probably killed a lot of natives on that mission, just needlessly. Yeah, it's quite like so guy weird. that would do that. But, but he's just... all very much about the American way, isn't he? And yeah, things. it's like he's juxtaposed against those sort of a. The thing it sets up is a coalition of outsiders or Mm. people that are different and don't fit within the sort of hegemonic ideas of 1950s America, which Michael Shannon represents. So it's the mute woman and her positive gay friend and there's a Soviet spy as well who decides to side with... Spoilers, by the way. The creature, yeah, we're we're (laughs) it, And the creature itself, (laughs) so it's... It's about a coalition of people that have been deemed freaks and outsiders by society mm. finding each other and helping each other and uh, escaping to sea eventually. Well, that's the uh, that's the real sort of uh, emotional core of it, whereas Michael shams like, uh, represented the sort of the puritanical, speech, the, man. the Christian... Yeah. Uh, Evangelist sort of you know, conservative man, sort of Richard Nixon voting type. Mm. Uh, so sort of, this is the way America is. This is the American dream. He lives in his he's got his um, white suburban. Yeah. Two up, two down. Yeah, and he's got his, his he's got his Cadillac, which he associates he strongly his with um, his, his wife's um, his wife's boob, because she's like this is a Cadillac, and then he buys a Cadillac. Strangely enough, so uh, that's going on. Because <laughs> that's the metaphor about the uh, it's a metaphor about the American dream. Basically, it's all just a bit bit infantile, a bit perverse, and there's always something Freudian going on. So he gets his um, gets his big Cadillac, but he's living in that proper suburban sort of American dream sort yeah, of environment. But, mm. but it turns out he's a horrible, horrible man, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people in the suburbs.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this... um because because it's set at the time of the Cold War as well, when obviously. That that was between um the Soviet Union and it, the West and the American kind of free enterprise dream. It suggests that there's this third way of existing that is this kind of germ of, of resistance to both of those ideologies. Um, that seems to be what the the mm. fish man. It's like an outsider. Although it does,
0: it frames the Soviet spy as a good guy. He is yeah. Ultimately, somebody He's only... that sides with the the fish man. I don't know what his actual. Did they give him a name in the movie? Doctor Oh I mean the fishman. <laughs> oh, the fishman. Oh. Um. So yeah, today I. I'd actually the creature. Yeah. The no, thing. didn't he has a name? He? Because he, he's given orders to kill the creature because the Americans plan is to use it as a leg up in the space race in some sort of way that's not yeah, really delved, delved into... Send <clears> him <throat> into space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because he can breathe um, underwater and <clears throat> on land. So he's got two sets of I don't lungs, lungs, effectively. That's why they think that'd be interesting oh, if he could like, breathe yeah. in... Could he breathe in space? Unlikely.
1: But they're both happy to destroy him, aren't they? Yes. Mm. In order so the other side doesn't... Yeah, that's it.
0: But, um, both old, the powers are uh, the bad. What's his thing? name, Dr...
1: Hofstadter, I think. Dr. Hofstadter, yeah, it sounds right.
0: <laughs> Played by Michael Sh- Shul- Sh- Straubarge, Stroll- or something like that. He's a very, good, he's very good actor. He's in um, Boardwalk Fire* and he's in A Serious Man. Um, most famously, he's got a role in Men in Black Free. So, uh, you know, very good actor. Uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see that one. But um, Has that got Michael Shannon in it? Does he play young Tommy Lee Jones? Is that Michael Shannon? No. Is it somebody else? Someone other than him. Um, that's true. <laughs> but I think he. what you get is the outside has been on the side of sort of uh, uh, love and humanity and been out, been outside of convention because what is it? He's on the side of the Soviet spy. In the end he says, I'm like, I came as a scientist, I came to learn. And this is a beautiful creature we need to preserve and you know, better humanity with. Mm. Um and sort of uh, looking outside of that, but you can see on both sides of the Cold War you've got you know, they're both you've got the strong sort of just a violent destructive impulse and this state building this fear of the other and this spitefulness, and then you get some actual, you know, genuine genuine affection in the middle, which makes the film actually more moving, especially when it's seen against the sort of you know, Michael Shannon is the big horrible heteronormative Boo. Uh boo. <laughs> <laughs> local, local, <laughs> this this podcast is so yeah. woke. That's it. <laughs> I can't handle it. He doesn't he doesn't even shave what you like, this man. That's al- how <laughs> that <laughs> That's how exactly he al- is. No, grew a beard. But yeah, he's going against this, showing showing how the society does cast cast people off. It's not the greatest. The greatest thing, because he sees himself as the instru- indestructible American hero. He gets yeah. his fingers bitten off by the creature yeah. oh, at one point, and, and then Are he comes back. Them, they? Well, rotten. before that, he comes back with his fingers reattached, mm. and basically say, "Look, you, mm. the American way of life's better. Yeah, I'm nice. basically indestructible." Um, and then, and they say, "I can reattach my fingers." Turns out. The scientist's undercut by the fact they don't do it very well. Uh, And and his fingers fall off. It turned out if Mm -hmm. he'd made friends with the fish creature, uh, they could have just reattached him because he has healing magical powers. Which, that was the most magical element of it. Because you can Mm. sort of go with, there's a fish person that lives in the Amazon. It's like the lot less Mm. monster. Like, what if a dinosaur got stuck in a lake? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the healing thing was sort of probably the most magical hmm. element of it and kind of thrown in. Which being a, ma- magical, hair grow back. being a magical realist film, I think it's fair, but it has like, some magical elements this is in it. Magical. Yeah. I magical. I
1: thought it was interesting how he, the fishman represents a kind of return to an older spirituality, mm. a kind of pre-Christian spirituality because he is worshipped as a god. Mm. Um, And so it's not not necessarily new, it's just this kind of spirituality that is lacking in both capitalism and Soviet Russia. Um, Because you can see that even in the arts that Giles is creating, is Mm. is advertising. There seems to be a a lack of um, art that has any real feeling Mm. or lack of spirituality in the film until he... um, until he returns, the Fishman.
0: <laughs> he does some sketches of the fish man as well.
1: Yeah.
0: But like, just, Everyone, everyone falls for the fish man. off his art. Look, do good pictures. Look at his art. Everyone falls for the Fishman in the end. Um. <laughs> that seems to be the message oh, of the fall for Oh, barely, barely. He does eat a cat's head, but... It's like that's all <laughs> that is forgiven. It's like you just go, it's like, it is a wild creature. We found him, it's the Croydon cat killer. It turns out that Giles, Giles does have a lot of cats in his house as well, so um, uh, he's not to be worried about. But I think in terms of the magic, the other magical bit is the um, when they what what could have been quite a cheesy bit where they had sort of the romance where they leave the tap on and then all the battle, if foot you know around. what I mean. That's not a euphemism, they do leave a tap on and then, and then have sex. Yeah, um, and, then <laughs> a, and then afterwards she's describing through sign language to Octavia Butler's character how the penis works. I, think, I think There's I'll an like, actual dialogue bit where they're trying to... She's like, yo, I've seen this crotch, there was nothing there. She's like, oh no, it comes out. Oh, gosh, you, 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 you refuse to be moved by this film. I didn't refuse. Obsessed. Obsessed. I was just—I was very focused on the fish stick. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and not in a good way. They're not mutually. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: apparently, it's created a uh, an industry now—a fish dildo industry. Has oh, it. I bet. Yeah, yeah, but people that's really Retracts. I think people who are it's buying like
0: those um, those flick-out lightsabers you could get as a kid. <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're buying fish dildos, I don't think you really got the core message of what the film about. <laughs> I it think is, that was the. The clear core message. No, there's a more thumbs up. (laughs) There's a more understated uh, beauty to what's going on (laughs) as they leave the tap. Because how's that magical race? It's a really impossible thing. You leave the tap on, the the room fills with water. It transforms because it could have easily been a. I think it's an Inspector Clouseau bit. Once he leaves the tap on, (laughs) comes back and opens the door, and the water comes out. (laughs) Like, is it? But in this, it works because it's that uh transcending reality, of magical realism does right. very well that overcoming uh it's 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 re- reflecting the emotional state and that bit that's beyond the uh, the fixed world. And I think that's what this film explores very well. Cause you see the harsh realities, the the limits of the world and you've got the um the homophobic pie salesman as well <sighs> who um just shows you how um it's how, happy, like how people have to be bound bound and secretive <laughs> and can't show Show what they truly are and then you get this elation from people actually being able to you know express themselves people and fish uh, people <laughs> fisher people too the case is I mean did you think the were you were you intrigued by the pies <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were sort of they were there's the way it's shot like the primary colors that uses are greens it's a very green movie which makes everything Mm. feel very strange and unsettling in a bit like a 90s heavy metal music Mm. video Mm. where everything it's it's the whole thing of uh, it's common suburbia it's americana but it's grotesque underneath and that's how they shoot the the diner is done as look it's you know it's Uh, it's cheesecake. It's apple pie. It's humble American food, but it's shot in this sort of grotesque way, which is meant to show the the underlying horrors of American society. I like that. I like that. In the every the you get the the more alien and just sort of uh, colors strange strange and off, because the slimy. Everything's a bit slick. The pie, the pie is off, moist, (laughs) but it's (laughs) like these (laughs) grotesquely large portions Mm. as well. It's Mm. done. But it's also that that simmering sort of. You've got like the fa- the fake smile on his face at the pie shop. Yeah, yeah. It's and like then chain. you see like how he, he turns when he get. First of all, he makes Charles makes a pass at him, and then he just sort of turns nasty that look. And then and then you get the um, the black couple walking in, and then he's sort of saying you can't come in here, and you get the segregation and the racism. Um, the racism element shown as well, and that that green green pie shows that the horror. The horror is actually in the American dream, mom and apple pie and all that. What yeah. if the pie? is really bad. <laughs> <And> it tastes like shit.
1: And he did say that at one point because his catchphrase, the the pie man that works in the shop, is like, you come back now. And then Giles is like, he doesn't really mean that, does he? And it's that's uh, obviously true. Giles believed
0: the pie man.
1: Well, it's just He like, wanted because, to believe the Pie Man. Because he says it when he like kicks mm. out the African Americans from the shop as well. So mm. he, it's clearly like a meaningless right, phrase. Yeah. But it's that just it symbolizes, so yeah, the nothingness of the, the heart of that kind of.
0: So it's got of Yeah, it's it's very layered in the way that it deals with. idea jelly <laughs> <laughs> jelly in your apple pie. <laughs> what there weren't apples in that Why? pie there weren't apples in what that. pie has got a jelly centre this pie pork pies it's not a centre no it's a sort of no, a peripheral glue to hold no it sorry in. where were you going <laughs> no yeah it, it's yeah the whole the, the thing that, that the it does really really well is it every particular oppression or exclusion or alienation that it looks at it always connects it to other ones it's never just one going this is the problem it's mm. always it's again like a sort of coalition of mm. people that have been excluded in different ways, so every character is alienated in some way from whatever the hegemonic mm. ideal is that Michael Shannon's character represents the the two point five children mm. and a wife in a house in white suburbia and the i- you know the American ideal and It's not just these people are excluded in particular, it's all of these people are excluded and they can find Mm. solace with each other. Like, even Octavia Butler's character, she's got the fucking dipshit husband who gives up where the fish man is at the end, who's just a pain in the arse, and she's been Mm. working constantly her whole life, and also when she gets home, because she's a woman, she's expected to cook and clean for this dick of a character. So it's, everybody's got these multiple layers to them, like Shrek.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a Shrek, an onion. But then I, I felt like that was quite telling, that moment, where her husband <clears throat> gives mm. him up to Michael Shannon, because it was just a very explicit example of what life would have been like for him. Like He's mm. clearly in a position of powerlessness uh, 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 in that scene. So mm. it's, yeah, it's just... I don't know, I didn't I didn't think badly of him
0: for doing it. I no, was it's just... more of if he was I, to take I on me. I really like him. I was okay. like, because she remained strong and refused to say, it, and he's yeah. just there going, you know, where's my dinner and shit like that? And, you know, yeah. always just demanding of her, and she's going, you yeah, know, I've been breaking my fucking back, catering for you for so many bloody years. It's clearly just a loveless marriage. <clears throat> But, she can't quite remember why she actually married him in the first in fairness, place, and then he betrays the fish man. Yeah, <laughs> so he's just a dick. In fairness, oh, I want my dinner. He's he seen like some secret, secret, intelligent agent, big white boy, privileged man who can't, who he can touch if he wanted to, tear off his own fingers while shouting like Old Testament Bible quotes <laughs> and then threaten <laughs> him. So like, I think he was in a position where he was quite, uh, probably quite, pretty strong. <laughs> quite strong. Yeah, but, yeah. Really intimidated by that. Yeah. I think mean, the the interest of it is Michael Shannon in like uh of the, in an older science fiction film where you just have a traditional monster should just be someone in a crap rubber suit wandering around would be the hero character and what this subverts yeah. is um you know, turning him into the absolute villain and turning him into the monster because mm. he's trying to destroy this thing he doesn't understand. And he's been you know incredibly close minded, I must say. <laughs> it's Michael Shannon in this. <laughs> and just going after going after revenge and um, Going back to the pie, just to finish the metaphor, the, uh, <laughs> the central theme of the review. What do you think of the pie? It <laughs> uh, has layers, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the pie, the pie is weird green, right? Science fiction-looking pie. It's like key line science games, fiction, right? sort of slimy green. Mm-hmm. And then you see the fish man. It's quite funny. aesthetically pleasing in a lot of ways to some pie. people, <laughs> but he's not the weird <laughs> the um, glowing flubber green. No, uh, <laughs> he's natural. Yeah, he's natural. Oh, natural. He's oh, natural. natural. He's a natural green. Um, but he's not. He's not got the monstrous, weird science fiction look. Really, he's quite naturalistic. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, and uh, and it's the the pie. It's the American way. In the uh, that the whole thing that Michael Shannon's holding up, and that whole thing that makes him think he's the good the American, the good way, guy, yeah. is uh, subverted because it's not the right way of doing things. And uh, I think the message yeah. is the Soviet Union had it right, isn't that right?
1: <laughs> KGB. <laughs> KGB,
0: KGB, I mean, I was chanting that when, uh, although he was going, he was a rogue KGB agent, mm.
1: yeah, which so was interesting. He rejected the all Union authorities. Either.
0: No, but I think what he's, he he represents something interesting as well. Being the the KGB agent, he does end up supporting them because he supports you know the real the real ideas ideals of science and humanity. Uh, if you want to give it like a lefty reading, you could say he's the the genuine ge- genuine revolution. So what mm. this film has is a strong Trotskyist third way position. <laughs> uh.
1: we, we must always remember, as Lenin once said, "There's no profit in last week's fish." Yes. That is I really sure. hope
0: he said that. I really hope that's true because he does <laughs> that. I, I think oh, he's made that's up. Very that old fish. <laughs> <laughs> But no, a man who can quote Lenin or even mm. make up what sound like good Lenin proverbs is clearly like you got a, a man who has the yeah. authentic, authentic revolutionary zeal and knows what's what's the right for humanity, which is fish hedonism.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I wondered what you thought about what you think the the film is saying about how we should treat difference. Because I I read an, another review of it where I was criticizing it for saying for taking a kind of humanist perspective of saying actually we're all universally the same underneath like kind of ignoring ignoring difference and saying um you know regardless of, of how you look on the outside everybody's the same um and whether you thought that was true or whether you think because at the end eliza he's not reconciled to our world eliza's becomes part of his world, mm. um, so that to me seems more like she's loving him for his difference, mm. um, rather than kind of erasing difference and saying you know difference doesn't exist. Doesn't dress it up in a suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's their it's their differences, and it's it's that thing with uh, uh, a, a real sense of love being that that loving of the difference and that loving of the um, of the imperfections. Because he has the you know, retractable penis. He has the, re- the retractable. <laughs> obsessed, obsessed. <laughs> I mean, what she really loves <laughs> his fish I was like, <laughs> like, fish How sticks. many of those fish dildos? Like <laughs> sticks in your mouth. How many? Of, how many of those fish dildos were sent to Stony Bridge? I wonder. Probably. You can't find that data. But it's it's that yeah it's that, it's that imperfection and that thing that's like her her muteness her cuts. At the end they become the gills and they become they make a they yeah. they sort of mm. they complete be- each other in that platonic sort of way as well. They sort of uh, She becomes more like him rather than Yeah, so they they love each, they love each other for the fact they're different and dis- not only despite the fact the they're different, but they actually love the for mm. difference and it's what makes them uh, compatible and special together. So What, like Shrek too? Like <laughs> That's the point of Shrek 2. That's exactly I can the point. can't remember Where well, they it.
1: become ogres. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Be- I mean, Shrek 1, she Doesn't becomes an yeah. ogre. Yeah. And Shrek 2, he becomes a human which is, who is beautiful. Uh, and then the true form he should take for true love is as an ogre. And so, the king becomes yeah. a frog again. And the, and the queen fucks a dragon. Him. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, we do get to see... Right, yeah, so- that You do have to confront that <laughs> notion when you see the dragon donkey babies. I think. Oh, no, they fucked. Yeah. If well, it, okay. I think the parallel, yeah. the simpler parallel would have been Shrek 1, to be honest. <laughs> I, I saw Shrek 2 uh, more recently. Right. I saw it the day after I watched Shrek 1. <laughs> <laughs> it was Christmas. Yeah. I was celebrating. <laughs> I watched Shrek. It was great. Shrek 2, not as good as I remember it. Shrek 1, better than I remember it. So it was a mixed bag, I'll be yeah. honest. uh, (laughs) no so we've got that we've got (laughs) that in the pipeline (laughs) Shrek 1 is just I loved it I was absolutely Mm. joyous 90 Mm. minutes of solid gold with a very similar message to The Shape of Water yeah but the I think the message I think I was more moved by The Shape of Water than I was by the Shrek films Lord Farquaad Um, is Michael Shannon they've even got (laughs) similar chins
1: so basically just remade Shrek. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. It's Shrek.
0: We <laughs> just said Gilda Toro's remade Shrek. You peel back all of the layers and it's Shrek. <laughs> That's the nugget in the centre, the, the heart. <laughs> centre of the swamp.
1: Uh... <laughs> oh, no. so the, uh,
0: I like that boulder. The that is a nice boulder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the key message of the film human beings and fish can coexist. human beings and fish oh. <laughs> it's about time <laughs> George <Fish> once said <laughs>
0: <laughs> it teaches us that we can be one it doesn't explain where the fish man came from or why he has a penis
1: but it's he could be kind of either gender So I think Guillermo del Toro it's, it's makes, it makes that like, like, point because yeah. they can gender swap I think
0: yeah I've seen I've seen some In fish um seen some fish change in, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not in, uh, uh, on, on documentaries. It's on the job. No, this is on the... Uh, What's happening no, never seen. Uh, what are you putting into the water? I'll tell you what, many, many shore fish are just indistinguishable for each other. Gender doesn't seem to matter. Ooh. Until they get territorial and start eating each other. That's um, when... Uh, <laughs> you need to celebrate the difference of the nearly identical fish. Celebrate them as individuals. Or just as a school of... No, fish, but I don't, I don't think this right. was a campaign for a, a world without sexual sexual difference or uh, animal... I don't think it was even... <laughs> pro, I don't think it was pro bestiality <laughs> either, this film. I think it was uh, had something more profound to say about um, about human nature and the, and the other... It establishes very on that she is very horny all the time. And it's sort of... It's going from that... Yeah, She masturbates frequently. Yeah, no, she they does... her uh, routine as involving a daily masturbation And session. she's got a certain yeah. uh, egg... Eggs seem to get yeah, a go in. Yeah, the eggs boil um, while she masturbates, and then symbolically, the boiling water is her. I can't believe you're the one lowering, lowering the tone so much today, Alex. Coming to <laughs> culmination. Well, I found it very moving. <laughs> 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 eggs are a repeated visual reference, and I think it might be. Because of Roe and ge- Roe, Fish Roe. I was going with uh, History of the Eye by George Bataille. Bataille. Do you know the music video for Venus as a boy by Bjork? Where well, she's fucking about with eggs for the whole time. Nobody can no, but I can imagine it. She's fucking about with eggs because that's her favourite book is The History of the Eye by Georges Bataille, which was banned in France when it was released because it was too sexually explicit. But a recurring thing in that is sex eggs. Oh. Basically. Sex education. Egg education. Egg. Egg. <laughs> he said egg. Uh, so I think that might have been a reference to that. I don't know. I may be reading too much into it, but eggs were a repeated visual I just motif.
1: How risky to boil an egg while you're in the bath.
0: She knows exactly how long, how long it takes to, to do everything. 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 <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> She's like, this is how long I need to boil an egg and fill all my needs.
1: <laughs> Mainly think-
0: my need for eggs. <laughs> do
1: you think they might actually die at the end? Or, and I think so. It's matter.
0: got that because um, mm. it's the magical realist thing again, it goes it goes beyond um it's going beyond the reality and sometimes it's like yeah. it's, the, it's the it's an impossible relationship made possible as well and I think that's something mm. that resonates. And the, there's always there's always these te- you know, there's always films where you're like, Oh wish you know, in um Casablanca spoilers that so he has to <laughs> sort of lever at the end to go off on her own way. <laughs> but there's always that sadness, but they never uh, stayed together and manage to have that true true love. Never seems to survive in a lot of these films. I have a more relevant point to make, but I'll, uh, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, the point. And
1: maybe death is the only way that it is yeah.
0: possible. Uh. But it's also. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. The um, you know the Hunchback and Notre Dame. give us in the old um, Notre I've Dame never film? I've seen the original no. Because there's the whole I've thing with es- Esmeralda and there's there's there's, there's like. Um, yeah, it's not like they're actually as explicitly enough as the uh, as this film. Does actually yeah, explain yeah. go into details of how it all works. It does. Um which But there's always a sadness but old the poor old um What's his name? Has he got a name the Quasimodo Quasimodo, he never gets um, gets to be with um
1: Esmeralda. Esmeralda, which Esmeralda. is quite sad really.
0: Because it's just because he looks a bit. A bit like Quasimodo. Punchback. Uh, so yeah, it's all very sad and even dopey sad. that she can't. that he can't mm. be with Snow White at the end. And you get yeah. your heteronormative prince. What's he done? Just yeah. turns up, <laughs> leaves all the dwarves behind, <laughs> and they're all. Mm. I think they've all got more character than uh, you know Prince Charming coming in. Is it the dwarves' yes. fault for not being more? Flared, and so right? there's all. But there's always that that layer underneath in all of these stories. There's that basic assumption of what is the right, what's compatible, and this sort of. Mm goes through it says this is the impossible but shouldn't be allowed or you should immediately go oh that's weird but it actually deals with it <laughs> she kissed the hunchback yeah. guy but it does yeah. actually deal with it in a way that's very uh, moving it actually worked and says no but there is something there is something it's it's something that's very hard to uh, to analyse really because I think it is on the ground of grounds of pure emotion it's that whole thing yeah of, um, what David Lynch has to say about cinema at its best is but it's it's beyond uh, beyond analysis it's a sort of mood and Mm. language is reductive so bringing it out he says why are you really discussing this film will need me to explain what it means because you can feel it you've got a sense of it it. you've got an ontological sense Mm. of the uh, of the fish love yeah the 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 point isn't whether it's technically feasible you're not meant Mm. to watch Mm. it and go well how would she actually survive and how would they gather food (laughs) (laughs) how would this work in an actual ongoing technical sense you're just meant to accept that that is where they've got to and that that's enough and that they will find a way or not even raise those questions at the end.
1: Yeah. I was thinking
0: like, like um, Greenwing. Yeah. Which I'm getting so... Oh, I, I was watching that yeah. uh, like a serious romance drama thing. I, I am getting too soppy with these books. Mm. but They were... Uh, you know, and he's got cancer or some term. Yeah, mm. and it's where Ginger do they, nuts. where do they really go from here? It's sort of impossible. Does she go for Guy or? Uh, but in the end, the, the solution one. is just a sort of floating off. Sort of both, yeah, mm. yeah. It's, just floating end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the magical realism of floating off from the balloon. It's like this thing of reality can't contain their. You know, but they what they have between each other is something more, more important than reality can contain because reality's dirty and incomplete, but. Um, <laughs> But in there, within these within these relations, there's something actually um, more worthwhile. Mm. And that's what magical realism actually brings out. I think Spaced has that as well. Because the, the question of Spaced is will they, won't they for the whole thing. It's will mm. they actually get together. And it never answers that question, really. It just leaves them as being happy on the sofa together. And it, mm. you're not meant to confront the question of will this... Be sustainable in the long run. Will this work out? Where will yeah. we go? You're just meant to be. Is it right to have? Yeah. Sex? Is it right to have sex with a Simon Pegg? <laughs> <laughs> then yes. Now no. That's what. My what if you keep mm. him in the bath?
1: Because <laughs> I guess like ambiguity kind of makes us feel uncomfortable normally, mm. but it still manages to give that sense of closure because you. It could either be that they die, or
0: <laughs> 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 like skip forward fifty years. <laughs> They died. <laughs> well, I know that. Everybody
1: dies. Or they somehow you know, magically managed to get together. Mm. Or, um, you know, either he, the gills already existed and he just needed to, to bring them out in her or he transformed her into being mm. able to, to breathe underwater. Mm. And it kind of holds all of those endings simultaneously. Yeah, Yeah. the need
0: resolution. You don't get the clear answer of this is what happened and this is why it happened. And this is like the scientific explanation of what happened here. But we can always have the uh, biblical explanation. (laughs) Um, That is true. That is true. um, This is. And will you just confirm for me, Bridget? Did you or did you not see me um, predict the ending of the film via. By the, the thing, by the Bible, the <laughs> Bible, you you prayed a bit in the opening credits. And I was just looking at ending. what the names that so was
1: so what the Bible was prophesying.
0: Yeah, there was. I prophesied the end of the film <laughs> uh, by looking at the. So he goes on about. So this is my theory, anyway. Okay, he goes on about. Welcome to Spurge Bible Hour. Oh, we can have a quick um, leave at this point. This is my. Um, this is the best bit. This is my, my, my gift oh, to cinema. No. The best bit. <laughs> yeah. You're not no meant problem. to say that no you <laughs> think the bit where you talk for an extended period about our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Actually, this is, is uh, the best bit. This is actually from the Old Testament, so Jesus is not about... I underestimated your testimoniousness. <laughs> That's <laughs> the word. It's all right, we'll get there. I don't know which Good. testament you're working from is this how you predicted the future this is how I predicted what, what would happen in the film we'll get there recording this bit uh, I'm going to have to edit this afterwards yeah you'll have to edit this bit okay I'll keep in the interlude music do, do, do,
1: do, 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 do. oh that's good that's <laughs>
0: Boris, use some of that as an interlude I like the new interlude music that's, <laughs> good. that's good enough yeah, quality, but, uh, so. <laughs> yeah it's, kind of, it's the tinny sound yeah, the tinny really helps actually afford it yeah, you know the the 1910s covers of pop songs you find in Bioshock Infinite yeah, I like those I it sounds like that, they just singing to a cam. Like, as soon as I wake up there's a you're one thing night. you make my heart sing and all that so. <laughs> I know why, that's so good well, yeah, everybody wants G2. to rule the world it's great <laughs> We we'll want to rule um, the world ragtime covers a pop song so yeah. fantastic as we were saying before the interlude yes. Um, And what an interlude! uh, (laughs) So here's my impromptu musical accompaniment for that. Here's my theory of what might be meant by some of the names, Um, and Mm -hmm. it is foolproof. This you can't can't dispute, but it's a good theory. I mean, uh, (laughs) do I have to accept? So, so at one point, he makes a big thing of her being called Delilah, um, and he's sort of coming up with the biblical thing of. Uh, Delilah being the one who sort of betrays Samson and cuts off his hair, and saying he's like Samson sacrificing himself before he pulls off his fingers and says he breaks down the columns and makes like a big coliseum collapse on the Philistines. So he goes on about that. He does go on about that in the, uh, in the film. But what I got from that was, what's her name in the um, the main character's name is Eliza. Mm. And there is in uh, in the wild thornbury. So you know, in, in the uh, yeah in so the thornbreeze <laughs> in the thornbreeze. Uh, so in in Kings Two, Alex, Kings Two, uh, you get the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elijah. Okay, which sound quite similar names. They're sort of interchanged in this, I think, because mm. let's not go into it. But they're both they're both there now. Elijah. Goes into um, who seems to be interchangeable in this in this sort of metaphor with that uh, ascends physically into heaven after killing all the enemies of um, and turning them into big piles of salt and stuff like that. So they have this physical so in ascension what, what, into heaven and yeah. that um, and that physical actual meeting with God. Mm. And she obviously goes and goes beyond to the end. She actually meets with the, the fish, the fish god. And goes goes beyond and escapes escapes the reality and leaves leaves the earth as we know it into a more supernatural realm almost okay. into the water. And it gets more interesting with Elijah in the Bible is um, is bold, and the fishman cures old Giles of his boldness, so he puts the hand on puts yeah, the hand yeah, on the head. Okay cures of the boldness so that makes me think the link's stronger there because Elijah is mocked by a bunch of kids who say taunting him to follow Elijah say go up bald head <laughs> in response he gets gods to send some lions to maul the youths. <laughs> Uh, and doesn't that... Um, <laughs> Bloody And hell. doesn't Michael Shannon Sounds like a get telegraph badly? comments section. And doesn't... What oh, we really need it. is some lines yeah. to mold these. And years. doesn't doesn't Michael Shannon get badly moulded by the fish man? But So it's got the boldness, it's got the names, it's got the ascension. It's been and a lot more. That goes <laughs> this beyond. is the most hermeneutics so heavy, heavy. There we are. So it's this is, this is the, yes. the human optics of um, the, the, um, the shape of water. water.
1: In the, so,
0: in the Bible, does Delilah or Samson win in the end? Uh, Samson, I don't think really anyone wins. Samson gets <laughs> blinded and makes a... He kills all the Philistines, but the sort of Colosseum thing collapses on him and kills him as well.
1: Right. So okay. he gets
0: one last act of strength. Um, so no one, no one really wins out in that. I suppose um. Delilah's better off, actually. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's my little uh, little theory of what the, uh, the, implication the implications are. I, so... I think the boldness makes it makes that's, it link. Yeah. It's an interesting little uh, little something there. But that's that's a bit of a that's a bit of a throwaway yeah uh, throwaway theory for anyone who's likes that a bit of humanotics. <laughs> Thanks. That's yeah. not something I would have picked up on. Yeah. So I was just thinking. So I've not read the Bible. No, and um, and you have. Oh, some of it, and in... I've read more of Michael Shannon's character. We should have seen this all come in. So uh, yeah. this is very similar to if
1: he had done more Bible study. But, but he didn't
0: get beyond the Book of Judges, which is pathetic to be honest. Is
1: there anything that you didn't like about the film, Jack? Um, and or Alex? Good question. Um,
0: I liked I liked the film throughout. To be honest, I didn't think, I didn't enjoy it as much as. Um, Pan's Labrub, I don't think it was quite yeah, yeah. memorable, didn't have the strong sort of horror elements, but it did have, um, it did stay with me a lot more than I thought it would, and I think it did have a certain emotional chord, which, um you seen H-Bomber Guy's um, uh, thing on Cthulhu and all the... Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. What was that? He, he mentioned oh, right, shape of yeah. Water and about how the otherness, how it's sort of interesting and linking into the Guile's character being the out, out, outcast and that's it, the yeah, looking scene is not, he, not right or something you have to, um, he argues have to explain this, to society what's going on. This kind of low-budget adaptation of a Cthulhu mythos story is actually quite good because it's not about the otherness of the monsters and creatures themselves, but it's about a central character who's having to work through... His own homosexuality and the implications mm. of it in relation to his family and the people that he knows, and that sense of otherness is actually authentic to what Lovecraft was exploring, and that's why it's actually mm. quite good. I'm saying the shape of water, in a way, is like the. It's like that, yeah. Um, mm. Follow Follows on with that, and I think that's why it resonates to some extent, that, that otherness thing. So I found it quite, quite, quite moving in a way. Um, so it's not it's not my favourite Gilda Toro film because Pan's is my favourite yeah, yeah, one. I'm are for everyone. Everyone probably says that, <laughs> don't they? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you made a good joke about a uh, Pan's Labyrinth about Guillermo del Toro's work. You said uh, <laughs> it, was, it was to do with um, Pacific Rim. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> is that what you did with the fish I man? I honestly can't remember. Yeah, you you did um you did infer you did infer something about that. Oh okay. So like, I oh, wonder oh, what. Dear. Wonder the what? Wonder what that film was like after this one, or something yeah. like that. It was like it was quite funny. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> Just going back, <laughs> Just going back to this film. <laughs> the only thing that I thought was a bit of a sticking point for me mm-hmm. is that I didn't think Zelda, that um her her friends, in. The lab was a particularly well-realized character at all. I don't think she was three-dimensional. Yeah. I thought she was kind of a a, a bit of a stereotype, the mm. kind of stock black female friend character. Mm. So always complaining about her husband. Kind of the light and and
0: vocal. Yeah. Yeah. She got a bit more depth when her husband was introduced as a character. I think, and yeah. he got an impression of what happens outside of the work. But yeah, she is for the most part just that person that interprets for. Eliza yeah, explains what she's saying to the rest of the Yeah, world. she was one of those to move the plot along to yeah. characters, mm. wasn't she? It does do I yeah. oh, she did have some there was some sort of layering to it, yeah, say, but like yeah, it's not as well realised as the other So race wasn't as well realised, I suppose, as the other it's sort of hinted at. But that that sort of said yeah. to it's more of a the more but then again it does have to deal with mm. so much this film looking at yeah. Every if you you know, covered everything the fish people, new people, yeah. gay people, yeah, it's like if you Maybe covered, it's
1: something you felt you had to include,
0: yeah, just because of, yeah of, of the time and it does yeah you know, it does link into that general otherness and what that society would yeah um, would cast out and also our um, I think Gilda Toro said something about how he's making it set he's setting it then so it's a bit of a fairy tale about the past um, mm. and how yeah but he's saying you know it's very much about now still. Because yeah. they're still, you know, this these prejudice, prejudices and things are still, still rampant, and you can imagine the uh, homophobic pie owners even today. <laughs> not, not at Greg's, obviously, because uh, they're all about the vegan yeah. sausage rolls. Yeah,
1: I did think it had quite a, a nostalgic feel to it in mm. the the colours that it used and the music as well. Yeah, the it's music, very romantic. Yeah, but then. I thought it was interesting how it, even in the film they were nostalgic themselves because they were looking mm. back at films from the 30s and 40s that seemed mm. to be what they or um, her flatmate yeah. have, have Giles seemed to be interested in, in watching so and it must have been quite a grim time to be alive really <laughs> in the, <laughs> the early 60s the of the Cold yeah. War um, so it's like I don't know like we don't really have anything to be nostalgic for because that recent passes are kind of Post modernist interpretation it's a bit of, of a
0: shit the aliens. show. yeah. <laughs> like the 80s is yeah. currently the thing, but that's just such an obviously cauterized, yeah, with- homogenized image of the 80s. <laughs> we always get yeah, that, but to buy in. But the that. 60s in particular, 60s, 50s, that is, you know, it's the great era of economic progress. It's what I suppose, no, everything's about fucking Trump these days. Like that Peter Rosenfall. Bring it in. I'll just recommend that Peter Rosenfall video where he reviews <laughs> yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Well, look, it's it actually it. about from Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that what you wanted. But that, that era especially in America, right, a lot of people are nostalgic for that post, post-war post sort of boom period. Yeah. And that, that suburban social the real, you know, the real American dream, which, as as this film points out, is the American dream for sort of middle-class white people. Yeah, something have which the Fallout about, series isn't. does not deal with, much to my chagrin. Yeah, so it so it does cover that and show shows being excluded, and it's it's yeah it's showing through these rose tinted glasses the past, but also showing the past wasn't that fair, and it's never been that good. Rose tinted for yeah whom, and then there's certain universal the, the universal thing of the outsiders need to be accepted, and if you think about it, we're still not at that stage where everyone's accepted, so we've got to uh, mm. sort of look look towards a world that does yeah. it actually encompass that we haven't got a kinder. Kind of world at the moment. We've got a world that's rubbish in different ways, uh, and some of the same ways. So uh, I, I think if we could have um, more fish sticks, a bit more, if we could have economic security, fish uh, sticks. and and fish sticks, think, uh, yeah. then uh, then that would be a better world. because it? Then that's the message of the film. It doesn't <laughs> go into the, the the more liberal position it could have taken was that. All that's required is for these people and groups to have recognition by whatever the hegemonic power structures is. there would be a moment at the end where Michael Shannon goes, oh, the fish person was a person all along, and then Mm. accepts him within Mm. his society. But instead it says at the end, what you need is an outside. You need to go outside of these structures and systems. You need something else. The system can't and shouldn't be reformed. That's not the way forward. Getting Michael Shannon to recognise mm. you as actually on well, the it's, inside. Because um, that always yeah. creates another outside. It just moves to whoever's not been included. But those, in um, those who are outside don't deal with the you know, fish man. <laughs> I think it's the best name we've really come up for him. Um, ours, they don't see him as the other, they just see him as an extension. They see him and as part of yeah. nature, part yeah. of yeah. one of them. You know, they're open, Think they can learn... Got, you know can learn from can learn from the fish man and fish man can potentially learn from us, can learn sign language and, and then not to eat cats them, off of us. Uh, and then again with the Cold War thing, mm. there's that sense of otherness is but that but they do see they're human beings at the end of the day underneath. And mm. so even your Soviet spy um you know sees that um, sees that uh, yeah joins yeah. joins that common cause and because they're all outsiders and outside of this big power game, they do actually have the lucidity to see the truth, even if that means he gets like, shot in the face and things. And it's all really horrible. but yeah, it's um... That's what happens if you do good in this world. You <laughs> get shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like a rope spear. Yeah. he only wanted uh... what was right. <laughs> yeah, there there's definitely seems to be a theme throughout it of how whatever the dominant power structure is needs to have that Other the the outside that it's building itself against, that it, in constructing itself as the dominant power, is always afraid and worried about what's outside it and is trying to control and temper it and um, even murder it outright in the case of Michael Shannon towards the fish man. So it, yeah, it sort of runs through the theme of how even though their particular issues and how they relate to these dominant power structures are different everybody's unified in the sense of being castigated as an outsider by yeah. whatever that dominant power structure is be it Soviet or US, be it whatever is the dominant structure and it. I think that something I definitely commend it for is not going with a cheap uh, the Soviets are the bad guys or going with an easy the Soviets are the good guys but going yeah. the pro- the bad guys are whoever the, the ruling forces on either side of the Cold War
1: yeah
0: it's not picking a side it's saying there aren't any winning sides the, this whole structure is itself the problem but, good um, <laughs> <laughs> um so anyone got any final things to say? Anyone got any thoughts on music we haven't mentioned, but I can't really... Uh, the song and dance number was absolutely fantastic. It was wonderful and uh, maybe my favourite bit of the movie. Oh yeah, it does do like it the got, whole it, singing it, in the rain yeah, does, bit. Yeah it, yeah. yeah, it just goes off on a, a flight of fantasy. Yeah, which just, again is that magical realist. Does um, a whole song and dance number, which is absolutely wonderful. But in terms of like the general music in the film, it sort of... I didn't really know. It just worked, didn't it? it fit. Yeah, it, it fit the scene. And nothing s- sort of stand out. Like, sometimes, you know, when you get a film, i like, I remember that. Track. Yeah, something. it wasn't like anything like that.
1: There was the kind of salsa music where she was coming with the plan ba, 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 to it. Ba, 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 yeah, ba, ba, something a bit oh, yeah. like that.
0: And there was a lot of um, sort of attempts at dancing and stuff, little taps, foot, foot timing taps. Um... I can't remember the soundtrack massively. I remember it being quite good. It's sort of fit. Yeah, it's it was not, very It's not a film with any swells and all that jazz. It's not a film with any what you know show off the uh, show cinematic moves. It's got interesting design here and there. Some yeah. Bioshock influence again, but you know it's not. It's nothing that's like particularly groundbreaking or. But it all fit together very nicely, and it came up with this. What, what mm. We've been discussing about is the ideas and the feelings of the film. There through, which resonated with me quite strongly. So it worked. It worked on that sort of level. Fisherman. Whatever it was trying to do, it didn't. It did what good storytelling does, and didn't distract from the story. Just told it and got to got to the core of it without any flashy, rubbish, um, film stuff stuff. stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well said.
0: So what are we? Are we going to do the ratings? Yeah, we're going to do ratings. We always do ratings. Uh. I'm going to go... Can we We don't do intervals, do we? It's got to be a whole integer. Yeah, I think so. Or yeah, otherwise it just... You can say, like, strong or weak. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a <laughs> strong... It it's a strong eight. Oh, I'm not a nine. I'm an eight. I would say a mid-eight.
1: Oh, really? Like, less than Alex after all
0: that well depends I I did like <laughs> it a lot more than Alex yeah but the number system can't convey <laughs> can't convey the what you want but um, yeah it's just because my very favourite films ever would be around ten or nine or something so. yeah nine's mm-hmm. reserved so like, I liked it a lot I didn't lock love it. it lock it a lot but it did resonate with me so, what, so yeah it uh, worked it worked sufficient. at what it set out to do
1: yeah I definitely liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. Hmm. It's more moving than I thought it was going to be. I can't say eight as well.
0: I mean, you eight use is a number of stability. Is is. Eight,
1: eight is a number. It's a number of, st- it's <laughs> a number of stability,
0: so it makes sense if everyone just picks that It's a good, solid <laughs> number. Yeah. You can build a house on that number. It's between average and great. Yeah. yeah. And ten, you or can't like give anything seven, ten because then you can never go higher. Mm. So three eights yeah it's an eight it's an eight and Across then the uh, do a Strictly yeah. dancing thing everyone be like no I loved <laughs> I it ten <laughs> <Dead. Dead. Dead. laughs> <Dead. laughs> good old Bruno good old Bruno should get him on the show review um a tap dancing film Strictly ballroom an Australian film about boring dance. that's oh, great.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah. which yeah. is by well, the name of the song, I'm guessing. That's true. It was always so strong.